Welcome to Red Leg Nation Radio, your home for discussion and analysis of Cincinnati Reds baseball all year long. Now here's your host, Chad Dotson. Hello everyone, welcome back to Red Leg Nation Radio. This is episode number 351 of the world's most dangerous podcast. I'm your host, Chad Dotson. With me again this week, the author by himself of The Big 50, The Men and Moments That Made the Cincinnati Reds, Chris Garber. Chris, welcome back. Hello, Chad. How you been? I've been pretty, uh, pretty, pretty good or pretty well. I don't remember which is appropriate, but I've been one of them. <laughs> Ironically, I've been both of them. <laughs> I don't know why. Good and well. Good times, yes. Good and well. Speaking of good and well, let's start with the news for the week, which begins with a red won an award. A major award. A major award. But was it a major award? You know, I made a, a leg lamp com- comment on the. Um, podcast a couple weeks ago and i don't remember who was with me that I, i'm not sure they were understood the leg lamp comment um, <laughs> so reds catcher tucker barnhart wins the gold glove award for catchers in the national league the second time he has won a gold glove chris i know you're the biggest tucker barnhart fan on the earth how excited were you when tucker barnhart won his second gold glove uh pretty excited you know it was a uh it was a st- distracting evening to try to watch the Gold, gold Glove Award <laughs> ceremony. Yeah, say, talk, talk about that. Why? Well, uh, for some reason, they decided to uh, announce the Gold Glove winners of exactly the time that the uh, presidential election polls were closing in the <laughs> Eastern Time Zone. So, uh, for anyone curious about the presidential election, but also a baseball fan, it was a, a bit distracting. I was also completely thrown by the fact that it was on ESPN. Like what? I tuned right into the base, the MLB network, assuming that's where it would be. And oh yeah, for some reason, this was the day that ESPN decided to cover baseball. <laughs> well, they're contractually obligated, at least one, one day, day a year. year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, that, um, yeah, I, it reminds me of the old. There was an old Saturday Night Live skit or something, and I think somebody was mocking Jerry Seinfeld, and they kept saying. Who is the ad wizard that came up with that one? I can't remember the exact skip. But that's what I was thinking about this. Who made the decision? The marketing to, wizards or whatever. Yeah, that, we're going to announce these Gold Glove Awards on the night when literally no one in America is going to be paying attention. Except for me. I was paying attention. Uh, yeah, we were, we were watching. But, you know, I'll be honest. It, the, the whole thing the whole thing this year is odd because, uh, you know, the methodology they used. And I'm certainly not one. I think the old way was like coaches and manager voting or something, which led to a lot of silly things in the past. But but this year it's entirely, yeah, entirely statistically. I, I knew that was the nominee the nominations, but is that the how it was for the winners too? Right? Yeah, you know, it, it was the Saber Defensive Index. So this uh, you know, defensive stat basically that had been a part of the um, criteria in the most recent years. But it was the full criteria this year. And I think where you're going here, I don't want to step on your toes, is of all years to use a defensive stat, let's use the year we have the smallest sample possible. Yeah. Yeah. And I, well, that's that where I'm going. But I'm also, I do understand the explanation for why they couldn't use coaches voting. And that's that, you, you know, you, you only played the teams in your your weird divisional True. setup. Yeah. So the Reds n- have no idea who who's good on the San Diego Padres. Uh, I, I hope that someone in the organization, some scout somewhere, knows something about the San Diego Padres. Well, that's a fair point. But <laughs> but no, you're but, right. You know. I, I hadn't considered that. that yeah, that, of course not. The Reds didn't play anybody outside of the Central Divisions. Yeah, I mean, that, that guy, uh, Luis Robert, for the White Sox, won the Gold Glove in the American League. Rookie, right? Rookie. Yeah. Right. So, th- th- literally, there were only like seven, seven, nine, nine major league uh, teams nine other major league teams who've seen him play. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, you know, uh, I saw him play because they played against the Reds. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I, I guess that does make sense. It's just, it seems like of all years to go straight stats. Yeah. Um, that you're going to well, see some funky things. Maybe one of the funky things we saw was, uh, the other red that got nominated. But before we go to that, can I ask you how excited you were about the fact that, First of all, Tucker Barnhart defeated Wilson Contreras of the Cubs and Jacob Stallings of the Pirates. Jacob Stallings is evidently an actual player for the Pittsburgh Pirates. 
<laughs> and the, yeah, there's a few of those nominees. That was the other thing. It's like I, I, I admit to not following all of baseball as closely as I may have uh, years ago, but there were numerous people in those nominees that I have never heard of. Yeah, Jacob, Jacob Stallings being one. Pretty sure Jacob Stallings just came from a barn raising somewhere in the Pennsylvania area. Um, yeah. but, but what about the fact that your guy didn't get nominated? Yadier Molina. Well, he was unhappy about that. He was not uh, happy. <laughs> I, mean, just, I hate that guy. <laughs> I was, oh, God. I don't say that lightly. I probably shouldn't say that because I don't really hate him. I hate his no, neck tattoo, I, but. I don't hate him. I, 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 don't, I, I don't like the neck tattoo. I, I just don't like it when people. You know, when there's there's established criteria for how something's going to be evaluated and the numbers come up in a way that you don't like and then you just, you know, raise all kinds of heck about it and and say that the whole system is rigged and unfair. I, I just think that's a bad look for. Yeah. For for Yadier Molina. I mean, if you're going to whine and, and Yadier Molina is going to whine, but it, if you are in past years when there's more of a human element to it, I can kind of understand. Oh, you know, they, they screwed me. But this year it's just the numbers. And, and are you claiming that the Sabre Defensive Index somehow was specifically calculated? All the inputs were designed to prevent him from being a, a, a nominee. Yeah, yeah. Well, at one point, I believe he his theory was that this was an attempt to stop the Puerto Rican player from catching Johnny Bench's record for yeah. Gold Gloves. Yeah, which is an interesting claim. Considering that Puerto Rican-born catcher Ivan Rodriguez has already caught and passed Johnny Bench in gold gloves many years ago. Now, hold on. That was, so, Amer- that was the American League. Sure, sure. <laughs> uh, you know, it is, it, it is an interesting uh, – just saying it's an interesting plot by the, by the computer. Yeah, I'm not sure that uh, Yadier thought, uh, thought out that uh, complaint uh, as well as maybe he should have, but – well, you know, like a lot of people who complain about about um, how the numbers end up, they're just mad and they're not really rational. <laughs> not touching that one. Tucker Barnhart becomes what? the third. We're talking about gold gloves. Oh, okay. Tucker Barnhart becomes the third Cincinnati Red, the third Cincinnati Red catcher to win more than one gold glove, joining the aforementioned Johnny Bench. He was good, and Johnny Edwards. What do we what do we think about the fact that Tucker Barnes, the first Reds catcher to win multiple gold gloves while not being named Johnny? Well, know. what is Tucker Barnhart's given name? His Christian name? Tucker Wick. It just says Tucker here on uh <laughs> sure. Tucker Jackson Barnhart. Tucker is his real name. There you go. Why wouldn't it be? I guess I guess it feels like a nickname to me, but <laughs> it does seem like a nickname. Um now, the Reds had another finalist, as we talked about in previous uh, episodes. Outfielder Shogo Akiyama was named as a finalist for the left field gold glove. And the award would go to Tyler O'Neill, teammate of Yadier Molina with the St. Louis Cardinals. So I think I've heard of him. I have heard of him, yes, thank, thankfully. Um, Shogo Akiyama didn't win. Um, the fact that he was nominated kind of also... Uh, listen, I, and I, I am... I'm. I like Shoguakiyama. I'm incredibly excited to watch what he does in a full season. You're pro go. Yeah, I'm pro. I'm pro go exactly. But um, he played less than half of the uh, innings the Reds had for left fielders. Yeah, you know I, that that was my recollection or my feel. I was like, wow, he talk about a, a small sample size. I mean, how much did he even play? But then I looked it up and it said he played in 56 out of 60 games. But I guess that really didn't. That, reflect how much he played during the games. He played left field in 56 games? No, no, no just, he just I mean, he, he competed in that many games. Right. He pinch hit, he played center field. Um, so he yeah, did. So he played 36 games in left field. Yeah. And even some of those games were part, you know, he he was always a pinch hit in the seventh inning and finish it out type guy for right. Reds manager David Bell. My favorite. All right. So anyway, uh, Nomination for him, which really means that he finished in the top three. In previous years, that wouldn't have been anything. But here in the last few years, they've decided to honor the also-rans, which, fine, fine, whatever. Honored to be nominated. It, that, a question on, on the numbers, and maybe you know or don't, but uh, are they – is, the, is the, the defensive metric, is it kind of a cumulative thing? Is it impressive that Akiyama ran up enough points in his 36 
36 games to be in the top three, or is it a, a rate stat kind of a thing where he now, might have benefited from the small sample? That's an interesting question. I don't know the answer to it, and if, I wish you would mention it before we start a recording here, Chris. I want to do a little research. Thanks for laying me out there. But um, yeah, that's a good point. Maybe what if he so, was so good in left field that despite having so few innings that he uh, he just kind of overwhelmed the process because he, he was fantastic. Maybe we'll find out next year how great he is. Yeah. I don't know. I like Shogo Akiyama. Chris has not gone on the record of saying he likes Shogo Akiyama. I'm so pro Shogo. Okay. Um, all right. So now speaking of awards, another Cincinnati Red is a major finalist. Major and otherwise. <laughs> major and otherwise. This is a major award, the Cy Young Award. Trevor Bauer is one of the finalists for the National League Cy Young Award after previously winning the Player's Choice Award for Outstanding Pitcher. And the Reds this week made a qualifying offer to Trevor Bauer. And we talked about that on the last podcast. Um, qualifying offer, obviously, if he accepts it, then he comes back to the Reds for a one-year contract, $18.5 million, somewhere in that neighborhood. Uh, 18.9, I think, was the actual number. Um, and if he rejects it, then you know, if, in, if he signs somewhere else, the Reds get a draft pick. Well, this week, he pretty quickly... <laughs> He pretty quickly rejected the qualifying offer. Thanks, but no thanks. But how much time did he have? I mean, is is did he have a short window to do that, or is it is there anything should we should we be reading anything into the fact that he rejected the offer in short order? He had, and we talked about this uh, last week. I think I can't remember the exact day, but he had more time than he had. But no, it wasn't indefinite. Um, I think he may have, may have had another week to ten days. Oh, okay, so that was. <laughs> <laughs> he knew what he was going to do. Yeah, well, and, and I don't know that we should read anything more into that either. No, because I mean, he was got, He was never, ever, in a million, billion years, nor should he have, accepted a qualifying offer. But well, let, me, let me unpack that one a little bit. Let me ask you this question. Even with this, the, all the unknowns of this offseason ahead of us? You know, no way. Was he willing As to I've, bet on getting sorry. more than $19 million somewhere? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. You think so? Well, he's not signing a one-year deal. So, well, you don't think so? He's he's always said he's going to. No, not think so. I know he said that, but he's he's now retracted <laughs> his his vow, and he will be getting a paintball to the privates <laughs> for signing a multi-year deal. Uh, yeah, I think he said. Uh, I mean, I, yeah, there's no way. I mean, he's going to get the worst possible. Situation for him is he's going to take a one-year, twenty-five million dollar deal if everything falls apart. That's what he's betting on. That yeah, somebody's going to offer him at the very bet. least. Somebody it takes one, as I've said before. Yeah, yeah. Well, now uh, just to be uh, to be clear, his agent tweeted out the information that he's turning down the offer, um, but she specifically said Trevor Bauer has rejected the qualifying offer, but not the Reds. He looks forward to speaking with them and all other interested oh. teams through free agency. So I don't know. It's the Trevor Bauer free agency tour. I think he thinks it's going to be like uh, uh, LeBron James when he uh, took his talents to South Beach. And I'm not I, quite sure there's going to be as much interest in the Trevor Bauer free agency. He's trying to drum up interest uh, on, on well, Twitter and otherwise. Billion dollar brand or whatever, right? <laughs> yeah, I, exactly. I think he's, yeah, I don't know. I think it's going to be more like a bunch of Zoom calls. <laughs> right. I'm taking my talents to Zoom, yeah. So, I don't know. Um, it did not surprise me that he rejected the qualifying offer. But I also, I am I sort of feel the other way. I would not have been surprised if he accepted it. Because uh, just there's so many unknowns. I think probably the probabilities are, yes, he's going to get, <coughs> it may be even far more than, than $18.9 million. And even if he goes for one year, some team, especially if he goes for one year, some team will be willing to, up the ante uh, after the season he's had, but uh, I don't know. I thought there might have, there was a slight chance that he would have accepted it and just uh, not dealt with the uncertainty. But then again, Trevor Bauer, you should if you see him anywhere on any of the social media channels, he revels in the attention that's uh, being lavished upon him right now. So I guess it's not surprising. All right, um, prediction: Does Bauer win the uh, win the Cy Young Award? Uh, the other finalists are Hugh Darvish of the Chicago Cubs, Jacob DeGrom of the New York Mets, a couple pretty good pitchers. I think so because of that attention and because of that notoriety. And I think I, I think uh, 
there's a good cases to be made for the other two guys as well as a few others. But I think that baseball writers like to write about a story. And I think Trevor Bauer is a much better story than you, Darvish. I think, I think Trevor Bauer's before this year, his reputation was far exceeding his actual performance on the field. I think he was thought of as one of the elite pitchers in baseball and that he really hadn't been that much. Other than one year, really, yeah, before this year. Yeah, and, and even that was kind of a partial year, if I remember correctly. So I, I'm not saying he was bad. I'm just saying that I think he's can be seen by a writer as a guy who's been at that level and finally breaking through, and that's how they're going to imagine their vote. Yeah, I mean, a guy like DeGrom's been there before. You know, he's the reason LeBron doesn't win the MVP every year. Yeah. yeah, or and, and Michael Jordan Mike Trout. win every year. Mike Trout, yeah, Mike, Mike, Mike Trout is one of the MVP every year. Um, and you know, you, you talk about the social media stuff and uh, whatever. Um, I'm anti-social media, but uh, he he's playing that game. And you uh, Darvish, I mean, you know, the only thing I ever remember about you Darvish in terms of some kind of uh, online presence is the the clip that went around forever when he was on YouTube and other places when he was with the with the. Uh, Texas Rangers. Do you remember this uh, this clip? No. Um, where he evidently, let me think of a, a polite way to say this on uh, the world's most dangerous podcast. I'm going to try not to be so dangerous. He uh, he passed wind in the Rangers dugout. <laughs> if you haven't seen this, go 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 Is find Adrian the video. Beltre involved in this in some way. I, I think he I think he was in the dugout, and players are diving away from him and yelling at him. <laughs> and he's just sitting there smiling. It's really uh, it's quite entertaining. I, I I will confess to have watched it uh, more than once, and maybe more than ten times because my That's son funny. really got a kick out of it. So anyway, there's Trevor Bauer. Now the uh, the next two real topics that I want to talk about this week were both asked in uh, by viewers in our viewer mail segment. So I, I may hang on to those. Um, until we start our viewer mail segment here in just one moment. But I wanted to get your opinion really quickly on what the Reds are going to do this offseason. Do you do you sense that they're going to cry poor? And, and again, they may be poor after what we just saw. But what what are, you, what are your thoughts? Are they, you know, I made the case this week that the Reds should, uh, the, you know, the market inefficiency is to actually spend money this year. And that the Reds, somebody's going to spend money. Some team's going to do it. And why not the Reds? And I know why not the Reds, but what's your sense on what the Reds are actually going to do? Oh, gosh. I mean, you know, uh, as we've talked before, one of the, the three least common words uh, in the English language are, I don't know. Yeah. And that's really where I want to land. But uh, that's pretty poor hashtag content for a podcast. So <laughs> let me give you a take. I think think they are going to spend money i think there's probably one last roll of the dice bob castellini will give them before tightening up the the purse strings again i think that they committed to a rebuild and i think that rebuild is not done i don't you know i think they're close i think they've seen some results thank goodness in the last month of this or the last two weeks of the 2020 season. So I think there will be at least a willingness to throw a few more chips into the pot rather than folding the hand. How do you sell this team, presuming fans at some point get to come back to the stadium, but even otherwise, how do you sell to your supposed fan base that we've had this big rebuild and now we're ready to compete like they did, like they sold to us last year and we bought it. How do you sell that if you now retreat and don't don't try to fill the holes? You can't. I mean, you can't say that we tried the rebuild. The window lasted all of 60 games. Sorry you didn't get to see any of them. Now the window's closed again, and we're going to, you know, what are they going to do? They can't, to keep the poker metaphor, to some degree they're pot committed here. Yeah. You know, they're, they're, this is, the, it, it, they're in a similar spot they were in 2014. Not exactly, because they haven't made the playoffs for, you know, three out of four years. But 
in 2014, they were in this kind of halfway between contending and rebuilding, and they decided to do neither one. And I think that cost them a lot. And hopefully those lessons were learned then that you have to you have to pick a, a course and and commit to it. And I don't think they've I don't think I, I just don't think they're ready to give up yet. Well, the, the, that's a great uh, comparison with 2014. And the way that it's different is that uh, there they really were. They, they tried to kind of play it down the middle. We're halfway rebuilding. We're halfway, you know, trying to keep these guys around so they can play in the All-Star game in Cincinnati. Uh. Yeah, I know. Here, though, um, they don't have the the history of winning. They um, have never really finished the rebuild. I don't see how they can sell another rebuild, and they're not trying right now, when they say, well, we went all in. Sorry that COVID and, and Babbitt screwed it for us <laughs> and oh, oh and also what are you gonna do yeah you all didn't get to come see it either so sorry about that are we gonna rebuild and then we're gonna try really hard during a time when the fans can't come and then oh well too bad I, I just i'm not sure how they sell anything to reds fans if they don't make some effort this offseason and i know i'm sure their their bottom line has been hurt i don't have any doubt about it because of the the pandemic and what's happened in 2020 but I just don't know if they want to get fans back in the stands when fans do get to come back. <laughs> I don't know. I don't see how they do it without making some kind of a a significant statement that we're still trying. Whether that means a trade, which we'll talk about in a moment, or a big free agent signing if they're out there. I just feel like there's so much uncertainty this year. If the Reds are the team that goes all in, and I don't want to use that term, but if the Reds are the team that decides to actually spend money, they may be able to get people for cheaper than they would have in normal off seasons. And why not do it? Even if it's just for one year that you're signing guys for and give yourself flexibility after that. That makes a lot of sense. I agree hundred percent. Oh man. I can't believe it. All right. There are two big uh, topics, both relating to the shortstop position for position for the Reds, which is the number one place that needs to be upgraded. Um, and so we'll get to those by answering some viewer mail questions where both of those uh, topics come up. Now, the first question, first of all, these, all these questions come from our friends at patreon.com slash redlegradio, where you too can support this ridiculous podcast. I mean, it's really ridiculous. I, Chris is like a, uh, like, you know, Chris is an upstanding citizen. And yet he for some reason, he comes to, and appears on this podcast. What's that all about, Chris? I'm a, I'm a legitimate grown man. <laughs> you are an actual adult. All right, so some people, for whatever reason, decide to support us. Um, they're as crazy as we are, I think. The first of those is Charles Zollers. Charles, now let me tell you about Charles. We talked about adults, and he's an adult, but he's a younger adult. And here's his question, before we get to the Reds-specific uh, ones, because you know it in our viewer mail segment, actual letters from actual viewers that don't actually have to be about the Reds, whatever. We're going to have some fun. His question is this. I'm going to test you on my generation's slang. You ready for this one, Chris? It's the bee's knees. <laughs> that is not this generation. <laughs> Give me what you think is the definition for each of these words slash phrases. All right. The first I have th- no idea. Am I supposed to know if Charles is, is 14 or <laughs> 74? Or am I just going to find out here in a minute? Uh, he is closer to 14 than he is to 74. Okay. I All think right. he's closer to 14 than... Uh, than he is to your age and my age. Okay. All right. So, um, first one is no cap. You know what no cap means? No cap. This feels like a Johnny Carson skit. <laughs> so you're already showing. <laughs> um, exactly. Yeah. Charles never Johnny heard of Johnny Carson. Carson. It's a television talk show. <laughs> uh, no cap. I think that means that, uh, it's, uh, Limitless. No limit. No limit. Oh, maybe. I've got a little advantage over Chris here, I think. Because I have a couple of teenagers. And Chris is not quite there yet. And so I've heard no cap plenty of times. And as I understand it, you know, I'm kind of trying to translate it back into English in my head as I hear my kids say it. It's like a different language. Something like, uh, you know, no lie or, you know, I'm serious. No cap. That's how Trevor, I understand it. Trevor Bauer turned down his offer. No cap. 
No cap. <laughs> Trevor Bauer walked out uh, and uh, ran his fingers through his hair because he was wearing no cap. No, ah, that's you, Darvish. You <laughs> Darvish. Yeah, there you go. Go watch that video of you, Darvish. I, I really think you should watch it right now. Okay. While we're on the podcast, I'm gonna ask, I'm gonna go with the next. Buddy, one. Hold on. You, while you're looking it up, I'm gonna go to the next one. The next one is bet. Bet. Now, Chris already talked about poker. But bet is like, uh, um, okay, I think. It's like, okay, my son says this one all the time. Bet. I think it's like, okay, or something like that. Or yeah, cool. Kind of like a, you bet, they might have said back in olden times. Yeah, yeah, maybe that's in olden times, yes. It indicates in the affirmative. Exactly. You got your U Darvish video yet? Yeah, I just watched it. It was uh, <laughs> oh. pretty entertaining. <laughs> okay, anyway. The next one is YKTV. YKTV. You know that's Vite. <laughs> I know SCTV. Mm. Uh, I had to look this one up. I didn't. I didn't know this one. Uh, you know the vibes is what I, urban yeah. or you know the vibe. Did. Urban dictionary. I know says. the words, but I don't, that still doesn't make any sense yeah. to me. Um, urban dictionary says uh, it's like, "What are you doing?" No, 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 no that's not what it says. Uh, their example was, "What are you doing?" And the answer is hitting the slopes. YKTV. You know the vibe. All right. The kids these days. I just said, did we sound this dumb when we were? <laughs> Yes. Saying things like, uh, not, not. <laughs> <laughs> I made the mistake the other night. Uh, you, uh, you mentioned I've got, like, my boys are 10 and 12 and I made the mistake of, of, uh, trying to explain Borat to them the other day. <laughs> and so that I, I, terrible move. I let them watch like the first 10 minutes of the original Borat movie. Oh yeah. I don't know about that. Well, a lot of the jokes, thankfully they either couldn't understand or they went over their head, but, uh, the, the, when he meets with a comedy teacher who tries to explain not jokes to him, <laughs> yeah, that really holds up. I don't remember that, but yeah, I can say, yeah, not jokes were a big thing. That was uh, probably from Wayne's World. Yes, um, was where that uh, maybe originated. I don't know. The next one is uh, "Bro, you're green." I had no uh, idea. My friend, you are inexperienced at this area and out of your element. That's my. That would be my guess, but I don't know that one. And the last one I do know. Uh, wow, you really glowed up. Um, you can probably guess my, that one. My goodness, you're tan. <laughs> well, I don't think so. As I understand it, um, it's, uh, you know, someone uh, like got really a lot more attractive over time. Like, you know, when they were a kid, they were like not really much to look at. But then, you know, when they hit, I don't know, 17 or something, they're all of a sudden glowed up. You've undergone an incredible transformation you in go. your appearance. Yes, that's it. Why can't you just say that? I, I do remember that, like, when I was in high school, there would be these, uh, the, the newspapers would periodically have a little infographic for the, for the, the local parents to read. So if you, you hear your kids saying these things, here's what it means. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Is that us now? Oh. Yeah. Urban Dictionary lets you find the answer to all these things with yeah. uh, minimal embarrassment. Yeah. Listen, I, I'm i not like you. You may be old. I'm not. Not. Sorry. <laughs> I, I don't know. All right. Anyway, <laughs> thanks for the question, Charles. Uh, come on, you Spurs. Andrew Scott Wills asks, and this is one of the topics that uh, Chris and I did want to talk about today. His question is this. There have been several Reds offseason predictions, one of which predicts Didi Gregorius returns to Cincinnati. Didi Gregorius, obviously the Phillies shortstop who uh, signed a one-year deal with the Phillies last year, and uh, the Reds were in on him on him last year and unable to close the deal. Andrew asks, using Red Lake Nation radio lingo, does that move the needle enough in terms of Is that of something we say on, offense? Our, on, our, uh, on the podcast? It's something that I Moves say. Moves the needle? Yeah. I've, I've said it when it comes to who we're going to acquire. You know, and it's, this year, especially offensively, we need to get somebody that moves the needle because the offense was not good. We need to get somebody that really really helps uh, Gregorius is a needle mover uh, I think he's a needle mover at shortstop uh, you know um, the, through the last four years pretty good with the bat now he's going to be 31 this year uh, yeah are we worried about that 
Well, that was just what I was going to – I was just looking him up to find his age because I feel like he's – he is probably due to to lose a step uh, metaphorically here. Right. And uh, you don't want to be on the wrong side of that. I, I wouldn't want him to sign him to like a four-year contract. But uh, for for this year? What, what about this? Major League Baseball trade rumors, that, uh, that website, they published their top 50 – Free agents, their predictions uh, for their top 50 free agents this week. And they predicted that D.D. Gregorius will sign with the Reds for three years and $39 million. Fine. I think I'd do that. That's not, I don't, that's <laughs> not my money, so good. <laughs> exactly. Sounds um, good. I, I will say that's my plan B. Yes, yes, plan B. We'll talk about plan A in a moment. Um now, in terms of moving the needle, it does move the needle. But this team was not really good offensively this year. And, you know, my, my, my thought has been they they really needed to acquire someone with some punch. A middle-of-the-order hitter, if they can. I don't know where they're going to do that because they got so many positions. The Reds have so many positions that are spoken for already. Uh, but uh, Didi Gregorius, I would be happy to have him. He's better than Freddie Galvis. He's better than uh, he's likely to be better than Jose Garcia next year. Let Garcia play Triple A for a year, which is what he you know probably should have been doing anyway, and uh, see what see where he is. See if he's uh, see if he forces the Reds' hand. My actual thought is if he's if you end up acquiring a guy like Gregorius for three years, I actually trade Jose Garcia. You know, if he has some value around the league, use him to you know. Improve your team elsewhere, but I'm all about trading the kids. Any thoughts on that, Chris? Uh, I am fine with. Yeah, I think that makes sense. I hadn't thought about that, but I yeah, if you've got a, another shortstop for three years, and you don't think that Garcia is going to be an all-star level shortstop, then trade him. Yeah. At the very least. Let him play a triple-A year, and if he still is showing the same kind of promise that we saw before, because remember, he was not good in the big leagues this year, but he, he was good, really good in the minor leagues, but he never played above high A. So, But if he goes to triple-A next year, assuming they have a thing called triple-A next year, do you remember you remember triple-A baseball? I was going to make a joke about that myself, and I don't know what kind of dumb name uh, uh, Rob Manfred is going to give the, the highest level of the minor leagues next year. It's probably going to be the the – Subway Eat Fresh <laughs> Association or something yeah. like that. but The Subway Eat Fresh, almost major leagues. I don't know. Um, yeah, he, he, he looks like a future all-star or not. Um, I don't know. I, I could get behind a Gregorius for three years and $39 million. I'm just not. Uh, it's not going to make me really happy. It'll make me happy. But, you know, that's that. So, um it does move the needle. Does it move the needle? Does it fix the offense? Let's, let's, that's kind of Andrew's no, question. It, well, it can't. So like, you made the right. You made the right point. The problem is, it plugs the biggest open hole on the offense. But the the problems with the offense were not limited to shortstop. The problems with the offense were the underperformance of almost everyone else in the lineup. Including Gold Glove winner Tucker Barnhart. Yeah, yeah, and, and presumably we're going to have Tyler Stevenson there next year. But um, some people people keep asking me, does this does the fact that Tucker won a, won a Gold Glove does that complicate things? Is he still going to be the primary starter? I don't think I don't really don't think it does. I mean, I think um, he's really a, a really good backup, and that's he's going to transition to that. That's how I feel. Um, I don't think a gold glove changes that. Do you? I, I hope not. I, you know, just remember this is the team that yeah. kept Todd Frazier around because he was a home run derby champion. Dude, let me just tell you something. I was at that home run derby. It was amazing. How 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 do you feel about that? With all these years of retros, you know, retrospection now, was that worth it? That decision to hold the, the cards until after the All-Star game 
and and per, the the incredible once in a lifetime thrills that it provided, was that worth the possible benefit of having better outcomes in those trades? They'd done it when they should have done it. Pretty clearly, it was not worth it. But I had a ten-year-old son, and that is like the highlight, <laughs> one of the highlights of his life being in the stadium for that home run derby and he talks about it still it was actually he might have been nine actually i think at the time and it was really 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 fun and so you know what what, what value did you put on that well I, I, my, my question was 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 in all seriousness i i'm leaning towards it may have been worth it for reds fans because <laughs> were they made a better trade for Johnny Cueto than the one they made if they'd made it. I mean, I don't think timing was exactly the problem with that trade. No. And I actually was okay with the trade at the time. I think it didn't work out, but yeah. yeah. I mean, the Chapman trade was clearly tardy (laughs) Tardy. and, uh, and probably could have gotten a better return, but maybe what, you know what I mean? Like who would they have gotten if they traded them? I don't know. And and what would have been different? Would 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 one or two different players have made a difference to the twenty eighteen Reds? That's a, that's a good point that I, I don't think I realized you were going that direction. When you look at everything else the Reds did after that, yeah, they screwed up not starting the the rebuild early enough. But man, they also treaded water for a long time after they started the rebuild. And you know they 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 did not they brought. Nothing came out of the minor league system. The, the drafting, scouting, nothing, almost not quite nothing, but almost nothing. They made a lot of other mistakes. That wasn't the only mistake. But it did provide us with a really good highlight and also uh, Chapter 38 of the Big 50. What was the title of Chapter 38, Chris? Do you remember that? Uh, the, Todd not, Frazier, the Todd Frazier chapter? I can't remember. What was it? Come Fly With Me. Ah, uh, I get it. Come Fly With Me. Do you get it? I get it. I get it. Well, good because you know you named the chapter. Probably, yeah. I don't remember how we named this. Hey, speaking of shortstops on the market this off season, I just see uh, Jose Peraza <laughs> oh, released no, and uh, is I, a free agent. Actually, I thought I saw he signed a minor league deal with the Mets. Is that not true? Oh well, it's not listed on his uh, baseball reference <laughs> transaction page. So. Oh, you're just browsing Jose Peraza's uh, baseball reference I, page. I was just l- looking at the various and sundry uh, players for the 2018 Reds. <laughs> oh, uh, no, I think I saw that he signed a minor league deal with the Mets uh, earlier today. Yeah. Actually, I think I saw that in our Red Leg Nation Radio Slack channel that you can be involved in if you join the family over at Patreon.com/slash Red Leg Radio. No, we don't want we don't want Peraza back. I like Peraza. I got no issues with him, but. Never became the guy we hoped he'd be. And who do we uh, who do we <laughs> trade to uh, to get Jose Peraza? Bronson Arroyo. No, that's not right, is it? It's what it says. I was surprised here. Well, yeah, it was this big was convoluted trade: Bronson Arroyo and Matt Latos. And uh, yeah, I'm remembering that. Wait. No, I'm sorry. That's the second trade. There you go. I thought I remember. I'm I thought, sorry. That's how. That's when they got rid of him. It's Todd Frazier, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I thought I'd gone insane there for a moment. He, no, he was traded. What, he was a teammate of Bronson Arroyo on the Dodgers. There you and go. And was then traded to the Braves. Good times. You know, we are we are always the uh, Jose Peraza transaction podcast and never more so than now every week yeah every single week we're following the ins and outs of good old jose Peraza. no issues with jose Peraza. he played hard when he was here um okay next question uh, by the way I, this this week's questions were uh the the thread at patreon was, it was non-political viewer mail are you okay with that non-political viewer mail there's nothing to talk about in politics anyway exactly well, nothing's going on next question comes from risto neely Risto says this, after your fine appearance on Coop's podcast, can you tell me how to ship the horse? Do you understand a single word from that sentence, Chris? Ship the horse? Ship the horse. I have no idea what that means. Yeah. Coop's podcast is the Hunt for Reds October, which uh, this week we um, he asked me to come on, and uh, along with a bunch of other people, Mo Egger was on there, and all the other Reds podcasters, basically. 
And uh, the Hunt for Red, Reds October, uh, if you're a fan of Red Lake Nation Radio, you may like that one, but understand that they probably should have named it something like um, the Reds Light District or <laughs> Red, Red Legs <laughs> After Dark. A, a free, uh, free-flowing conversation with... Uh, with adult themes or <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah, it it's, it's not safe for work. It's fun, and I had a good time on there. But uh, the conversation somehow got around. There was a question asked, I think, about a, a horse race in Australia. And Wick Terrell of Red Reporter fame, uh, he, he went on this big, long discussion of, he knows everything about horse racing, evidently. And so evidently, you have to ship a horse over to Australia to be in this particular race there, the Melbourne Stakes or something. I don't know what it's called. Um, but anyway, ship the horse. Um, I made a, uh, a comment about what that sounded. I, I'm, we're not gonna repeat it here, but go listen to that if you want, but, uh, ship the horse. And then of course, uh, Risto, our good friend Risto, he, uh, he sends me a message on, on Slack and, uh, let me see if I can find it here. And he, uh, basically says, he went to a long discussion about how FedEx has several wide-body aircraft modified to be stable carriers for horses. Up front can accommodate about 20 passengers to go with the horses. So no Risto, Risto knows more than he needs to. So we were talking about literally shipping horses. Anyway, whatever. Oh. His next question, which gets dangerously close to the political sphere, are you responsible for the hanging Chad debacle in Florida back in 2000? <laughs> And then he said, finishes up with Mr. Garber, please chime in also on how to ship the horse. <laughs> I'm just disappointed that the horses can't walk. Why can't they walk to Australia? Uh, ride a boat. <laughs> One of those stand-up paddleboards. What's that uh, What's that old song? Uh, if I Had a Boat, I think Lyle Lovett recorded it, and amongst other other people. Dave Matthews is the one that I heard it. Of course, I heard it. of course. I don't know. If I Had a Boat, and if I had a pony and ride him on a boat. This is the most like Trojan horse way to get Dave Matthews into this podcast <laughs> that I've ever seen. It's really embarrassing. I apologize. I was not responsible for the hanging Chad debacle in Florida uh, back in 2000, but uh, you know, in my many years as a judge in the Commonwealth of Virginia, that was my nickname, Hanging Chad. <laughs> I hung lots of people. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, not really. Hanging Chad. Yeah. The pe- people did really delight in using that, by the way. Uh, attorneys in my court. Hanging Chad. All right. Anyway, and then I would put him in jail for contempt. You see, that's right. You say it's <laughs> Judge Dotson to you. That's right. Hanging Judge Dotson. <laughs> Hanging Judge Dotson. Oh, there's a... There's a joke that I want to use right now that was more appropriate for the Hunt for Reds October podcast. I, I'm there. I think I've already got that joke written here. Yeah, let's not let's not do that. We're a, we're a family podcast. Nathan Connor talking about shortstop. Any interest in trading for Willie Adames to fill the hole at shortstop? He's young, controllable, inexpensive, and productive. Tampa Bay Rays have the top prospect in all of baseball who also happens to play, short, play shortstop. Wander Franco, who is an incredible uh, prospect, so maybe they'd be interested in moving Adames to strengthen in other areas. Would you be? What would you be willing to give up for him? And do you think the Rays would be interested in such a move? Now, for those of you that aren't that familiar, uh, Adames is a 25-year-old shortstop. Next year will be his age 25 season, uh, and he is—he's uh, pretty good. <laughs> to, to, to put it uh, lightly, um, he's got a got a bat. He is a pretty good little player. Um, and I would like to have him. Actually, I would. Yes. The answer is yes. I would like to have him as a 25 year old shortstop for the Reds and for as long as we can get him. I think he's, I think he's good. I think he's a legit big league shortstop that helps the Reds. The problem I've got with this is I do not want to trade with the Tampa Bay Rays <laughs> because they're going to fleece us. Is that fair? I think that's that's probably fair. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, but yeah, I, I'm not confident that uh, I would be getting the better end of that deal. Now, yes, they have Wander Franco. Why don't we get him? Oh my gosh! Now him, I would give up anyone in the Reds organization for him. Uh, there's one player I would not give up for him. Red legs. <laughs> no, come on! Now you're just being now you're just being silly. Gapper. <laughs> Obviously, I meant Lucas Sims. Come on. A lot of spin rate. He's got a great spin rate. Wonder What's Wander Frank- Franco's? Uh, <laughs> What's his spin rate? 
Oh, just Babbitt. Oh, now that's what we need to find out, right? Yeah, I don't want any. I don't need low Babbitt guys around here. Resident high Babbitt guys. We got to improve. That's the new efficiency. <laughs> yes. Improving Babbitt. The thing about Wander Franco is he's 19 years old, and he is like, I mean, you never know what's going to happen when they're that young. But man, he really looks amazing. Uh, consensus number one prospect in all of baseball, but he's never played above high A yet. Now he got to high A as an 18 year old, but you just don't know. And I can't see the Rays being willing to move on just yet because they have a guy that was in high A. Although he's maybe the, one of the greatest, he could end up being the greatest player ever to play. I mean, this guy's legit. If you don't know about Wander Franco, look him up after you look up the U Darvish video. But yeah, I'd love I to have an Amish. Get him that? and send him to Prasco Park. Oh, well, Prasco Park. That's the first time that has been said like that on this podcast all season. I think you're the one that named it the Ketchup Factory. And now you're calling it Prasco Park? Well, I respect the, the hustle. <laughs> okay. All right. So, yes, I have interest, Nathan. Uh, I think we both do, but more interest in one. That's plan C. Plan, that's plan C. We have not yet gotten to plan A. Kyle Kapler asks, I don't see Trevor Bauer coming back. First of all, there. Not a question, Kyle. <laughs> There's Objection. more. There's more. Objection. Um, Trebek should say, Objection, not phrased in the form of a question. Uh, do you see Bauer coming back? That's not his question, but Chris, what, do you see Trevor Bauer coming back? What are our odds? 15%. Mm, I was going to say 25, I'm, which seems a little optimistic now that I think about it. Kyle Kapler doesn't see Trevor Bauer coming back. With that said, out of Taiwan Walker, Robbie Ray, Jose Quintana, James Paxton, and Mike Miner, who would you like the Reds to sign to a one-year prove-it deal to slot into the number three spot in the rotation? I think we've already got a number three guy, but and why? Yeah. Now, the answer here clearly is uh, Quintana. That creep can roll. A, is that more of a quiz? That's a big Lebowski joke that oh. you didn't get. Sorry. Oh, Jesus. Got it. Yeah. Oh, I'm not gonna, oh man, I almost said another thing. It would have been more appropriate for the... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Quintana. No, you know, my answer to that is, you know, I like James Paxton. I don't know if he's ever been the guy that everybody thought he was going to be uh, coming up. And when, you know, the Yankees acquired him from uh, from Seattle... Um, he was supposed to be great, and he was never really great. He's always been pretty good. And uh, he was really bad for the Yankees this year. And, and I'm just, I'm seeing a, uh, he'll be 32 next year. That's one thing. But I'm seeing a situation where, um, a Sonny Gray situation. I was going to ask if he went to uh, Vanderbilt, but he went to UK. Uh, oh, oh, really? UK. Yeah. <laughs> The University of Kentucky. Oh, interesting. Yes. Now, let me give you an even more interesting bit of information about him. Let's hear that. The, he's Canadian. Oh, do we have any Canadians on the Reds roster? His his nickname is the Big Maple. <laughs> no, you're making that up. Um, Wikipedia's making it up. The Big Maple. First of all, how's that not Joey Votto's nickname? I don't know, but I like it. Yeah, I'm all in on James I'm Paxton. Yeah, let's do this. Is he? Uh, well, he might be number three. If, if they get if they lose Bauer and they get a Paxton, are, are we are we comfortable with Castillo, Gray, Paxton, and Tyler Malley? I mean, it's not great, Bob, but it's it's. Uh, I'm okay with it. Worst. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean. Yeah, I can live with it. I mean, I think you're probably getting worse with switching Paxton for Bauer, but it's still reasonable. I don't know if he's yeah, number yeah, five, I'm, but. Yeah, yeah, we'll do it. We'll do it. Is, uh, is my longtime uh, object of covetation, Marcus Stroman, is he he's potentially going to be back on the market, right? Oh, I think he is. Is he? I think so. I think I read that. Yeah, I think it's. Um, uh, there's a story here. He's leaning towards rejecting the Mets' uh, qualifying offer. Um, you know, there was a couple of years ago, he was the guy that it was kind of rumored to maybe be on the market uh, was with Toronto. And I thought, man, that's a guy that looks awfully intriguing to me 
Uh, he's still just 29. I guess he'll be in his age 30 season. Or maybe I guess he was in his age 30 season this year. When's his birthday? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, um, 31. Looking at his numbers here, you, you know, know, he's, he's, well, I mean, he's got the, the challenge for him is he didn't play this year. Oh, I mean, he, he played a bit, right? But no, he didn't play at all. No, he didn't play at all. Yeah. He knocked it out. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, People are more. He's got to make him. He he's got a much tougher decision than Trevor Bauer does about whether to take that eighteen point nine million and and give it another shot or head into free agency and hope that his prior track record is is enough. Which is pretty good. His prior track yeah, record, yeah, yeah, is mostly mm-hmm. pretty good. Um, yeah. Now look at him. I'm look, a big fan. I'm yeah. a big fan of his. I I uh, I just like everything about what he does. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> If he's healthy, I don't know that he's not right up there with uh, with Sonny Gray and uh, and Luis Castillo. I mean, you look at his age twenty five, age twenty six, age twenty uh, age twenty seven season not good, but his age twenty eight season, I don't know. I mean, that's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, on Marcus Stroman over uh, James Paxton, even so. Um, sorry, Kyle, I was trying to answer your question, and Chris. Uh, Chris raised you to go back to poker metaphors. Now, Joe Farsing asks, who's your all-former president baseball team? Abe Lincoln has to play first, right? Tall, probably rangy. Obama and W are lefties, so they're on the mound. George Bush 1.0 played first base at Yale, but he only hit 223 with 293 slugging at Yale. I was going to say George Bush has to be the first baseman. He played. Yeah, you got to put him there. Honest Abe's going to have to find another spot. God, where do you put him, though? I don't know. You know what I would do? As much as he's my favorite president, I would put him behind the plate, but make him wear his tall hat. <laughs> yes. Kind of like a modified uh, catcher's so, mask yeah. with a, with a um, yeah, like a, stovepipe cap. Yeah, yeah. That's what I want to see. There you go. Uh, actually, the catcher's Gerald Ford. Catcher's Gerald Ford because he was a college football player? Is that why? It just seems like the kind of guy who, you know, get down in the trenches and uh, get knocked around a little know. bit. Yeah, yeah, like a, he can be a tough catcher. Obama's actually playing center field. Well, you say that, and, and yeah, that's reasonable. Um, but Nathan Connor commented on the uh, question at uh, at Patreon and said, "Tricky Dick Nixon is leading off and playing center field because he's a threat to steal." So, maybe not. Uh, he'll maybe not center field, but we'll, he does. He's definitely a leadoff hitter. We'll put him in left field and we'll put Obama in center. You know, our our current president uh, played high school baseball. Is this true? It's true. Um, now, I will cite the president as a source for this that he <laughs> was the best player in the state of New York. I'm, I'm sure that's probably true. Yeah, there's actually an article out there somewhere where somebody went through the trouble of investigating this claim. Yeah, <laughs> and talking to like his high school teammates and his coach and all these different people. He actually, I, I think he actually was a pretty decent player. I don't believe that he was the best in the state of New York in <laughs> 1966 or whatever, but uh, he he was a a real player. Interesting, I didn't know that. Um, Thomas Jefferson's got to be in my lineup just because you know me. I got to have Thomas Jefferson there somewhere. We'll put him in. Um, I don't know, third base. <laughs> He's already got the socks. <laughs> exactly. Uh, who else do we have in our lineup? Got to have uh, Martin Van Buren somewhere. <laughs> I think. Millard Fillmore. <laughs> Millard Fillmore. William Henry Harrison. He died in 30 days. He did. He That's did. That's my Simpsons. Uh, I, I, my, I was watching The Office last night, and it was the, the episode where uh, they're having a uh, – Bachelor party for Bob Vance Advanced Refrigeration. <laughs> yes. And Michael hires a, uh, entertainers and he hires a Ben Franklin impersonator for the, to entertain the ladies. I don't, I don't remember that episode. Well, there's a, anyway, there's a, there's a great, M- Michael Scott insists to Ben Franklin that Ben Franklin was president. <laughs> Michael Scott. He wasn't, he wasn't all there, was he? Not usually. Uh, Grover Cleveland's going to be in your bullpen. Sounds good. Yes, because you remember Grover Cleveland, Alexander, in the World Series coming oh, in out of the pen. Yeah, um, but but Grover Cleveland will come in in the seventh inning, 
and then he, and we'll put somebody else in for the eighth, maybe Benjamin Harrison, and then we'll bring Grover Cleveland back for the ninth. Brilliant. You understand that reference? Of course I do. Yeah, there you go. I knew you. I'm sure, would. everyone does. Yeah, I'm sure. Yes. Uh, I don't know who else. Teddy Roosevelt seems like he... That reference is drip. <laughs> you green bro? Um, uh, off the top. <laughs> bet. Are, are you... Are, I'm sorry to keep distracting, but are you a fan of the TV show News Radio? <laughs> it's literally my favorite uh, sitcom in the history of the television medium. It's a story to remind me of the time when uh, Catherine gave Bill McNeil a bunch of slang. <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, gosh, I can't remember now what he said. Oh, it was hilarious. It was for Rocket Fuel Malt Liquor, I believe. Yeah, Rocket it? Fuel Malt Liquor. That's right. The Real Deal with Bill McNeil. Oh, that's a great show. Um, well, now we're going to have to uh, figure out somebody else that's going to be on our uh, – a more recent president that's going to be on our team while I'm looking up this uh, – <laughs> This Bill McNeil quote. Um. Who else? Who's a recent president that uh, should be in the lineup? Uh, I, none. <laughs> none? None. I um, can't imagine very many of them doing anything. Yeah, that, that's right. Yeah, they just... Um, nah, I can't find the quotes from the Rocket Fuel Malt Liquor episode. Doggone it. Um, who's ended up being the most, uh, the most influential, most famous member of the cast of News Radio in the year 2020? <laughs> Joe Gorelli. <laughs> Joe Gorelli, yes. Also known as in real life as Joe Rogan. All right, good question. You, can you can you That's another one of those time machine uh somebody told you that in 1995. <laughs> yeah, you never would have thought he's going to like move the needle. I said what the hell's a podcast? Yeah. Uh you know, if I see uh if I see Joe Rogan, you know what I'm going to say to him? Your last name is Gorelli? <laughs> That's what they sent them on the show, but now I'm going to say, wow, you really glowed up. I don't know. No cap. Good. Anyway, um, if you haven't seen news radio, it's really, it's, I, it's not streaming anywhere. Is that right? I've got, I've got the first season on DVD. If anybody wants to borrow it. Just, just the first season. I've got them all. Well, Christmas is coming. There you go. <laughs> Come over to our house. We'll watch it. <laughs> Brian Bowdy asks, when it, speaking of Christmas, when is it okay to decorate for Christmas, play Christmas music, and watch Hallmark Christmas movies? For years, I've been staunchly no Christmas till after Thanksgiving, but this year I caved to family pressure and we started on November 1st. Except Hallmark movies, because I hate them more than sacrifice months, and they're never okay. All right, that's true. <laughs> that's true, but when's it okay to decorate for Christmas, uh, Chris? All right, so I, I uh, my wife had a ho whole bunch of Halloween decorations up, and I, when she was taking those down on Sunday, I said, you know, you can you can put Christmas up if you want. Because, you know, the, the holiday season is going to be different for everybody and uh, probably not quite as festive as, as it is most times. So I say green light for the red and green lights right now. Yeah, my answer is whenever you want. Go for it. It's a free country. Yeah. You know, my grandma that I mentioned here, the big Reds fan, there were like four years in a row where she just left her tree up all year because she liked it. I know uh, a friend of mine who take, leaves up the tree but takes off the Christmas decorations, and then in January she puts up a kind of uh, generic winter decorations. Oh, yeah. And then in February she puts hearts on it. Oh, there you go. And she finally takes it down after St. Patrick's Day. Interesting idea. I don't approve, but actually I don't care. Do what you want to do. Free country. We have watch, those, watch those Hallmark movies. <laughs> yeah, if you want. It's fine with me. I've never seen one, but... Um, in our in our household here, we have a strict policy of putting up Christmas decorations, decorating the tree, all that, the day after Thanksgiving every year. On Friday. Friday, yes. You're not out at six a.m. shopping and. Uh, well, obviously, we're at the Walmart. Busting doors. We're busting the, doors. Yeah, we're at the Walmart's. But then we come home and decorate. Well done. All right, Hooper Pal. We got some a few more here that we got to get to. We didn't get to our biggest one yet. Oh gosh, Chris. You keep talking too much. Hooper says, would you give a $1.89 qualifying offer to Doug, Bill, Jason, or Chris? Also, have you ever considered having someone from the Patreon family on as a guest during the viewer mail segment? Oh, Hooper's fishing. He is. He really is. Um, <laughs> we considered it, but we uh, we tested it with a focus group, and it didn't it didn't test well. So, And no, I'm certainly not giving a qualifying offer to anyone. Um, maybe to... Uh, 
and nobody. I thought I had a joke there, and I didn't. All right, here we go. Two questions here combined in one. Joey Gaditza and Rich Thompson. And this is the, the question. What will it take to land Francisco Lindor, asks Joey, and do the Reds have enough attractive pieces for Cleveland to make a deal? What say you guys? Cheers. And then Rich Thompson, there's been some well-deserved discussion of how Francisco Lindor would be a significant upgrade at shortstop and for the lineup. Okay, let's hypothesize what would it take to get him. If I'm the Indians, I would want at least one current controllable position player and at least one of the top two prospects from the Reds. With that said, would you package either Suarez, Winker, or Senzel, along with either Lodolo or Green, in a trade package to land Lindor? I, I would send Nick Senzel to Cleveland right now and put him in a hotel just in case they want him. <laughs> oh, no, you're, you're, you're low on, uh, on Senzel. I am low, I guess, on Sinzel and certainly have no problem. If, of those three guys, that's the one I would trade in a heartbeat for Francisco Lindor. He is uh, – I'm a Sinzel partisan, as we all know. Um, he may be the most talented of all those guys. Did you say part, part of season? <laughs> yes, I did say that. Uh, maybe the most talented of all those guys, potentially. But that, that's the word, potential. You know, he's the only one that hasn't proven it. And so, you're not wrong. The reason this is a question is that Francisco Lindor, today the the, the Indians, it was kind of it was reported by Bob Nightingale, uh, the older Bob Nightingale, USA Today, that the Indians are serious about moving Lindor before opening day. And he has one year left on his contract. So, um, and so all the Reds fans got went started getting, uh, you know, their hearts started fluttering. <sighs> The, these questions, we get them a lot on viewer mail, and they're always difficult. What would it take to land someone? Because, man, it's just, there's so many variables. Yeah. You know, I, I probably told this story before, but I remember going to the very first Reds Fest, and uh, Jim Bowden had a, Bowden, Bowden, I've forgotten at this point. Leather pants. He had a Ask the GM panel. No, but before you finish this, was he standing on a Segway when he did this panel? <laughs> he was not on a Segway okay. or in leather pants. <laughs> he was on a on a, on a little stage there in the convention center, and uh, I believe Marty was the MC. And it was you know fans could come up and they'd go up to the they'd go up to a standing mic microphone, and be like, "Oh uh, yeah, I've got an idea for a trade." <laughs> and you know people were proposing some some pretty le- you know legitimate trades. I don't know. It was like. Uh, uh, maybe you trade uh, Mark Lewis uh, for uh, I don't know whatever. So they're, they're pr- pr- Barry Bonds. Kind of yeah, no, no, no. So, but then somebody came up with that. Yeah, they're like, uh, maybe um, you could trade like Curtis Goodwin and um, Scott uh, Sullivan, and you could get Barry Bonds for it. <laughs> and Bowden is like, yeah, you know, that's an interesting idea. And I'm like, how's he going to let this guy down? He goes. I'm not sure I'd give up uh, Sullivan too, though. <laughs> I love it. He's playing to his audience. Yeah, and that's the and that's the and that's the guy who got the prize for uh, for the best trade idea. Oh my gosh! If you maybe if you threw Roberto Pettigini in there, maybe you could could oh, made that trade. Touchable. Yeah. Um, do we, how about this? Let's let's. So anyway, though, it's a long way of me saying I got no idea what the Indians need or what they want. But I think, you know, if you start with, uh, you know, one uh, one everyday player who's cost controlled, and then prospect or two. Yeah. First of all, I'd trade Lodolo or Green in a heartbeat. Let me say that. Mm-hmm. And, you know what have they shown us? Lots of promise. Green especially, <laughs> incredible promise. Um, but. You know, prospects are valuable to me only in what they bring to the major league roster, and either that's in in trade or and eventually what they do for the major league roster. And so, either way, give me something on the major league roster. Can't win a pennant at Prasco Park. Exactly. Suarez. What about Jonathan India? Would you would you put him up? <laughs> I would trade Jonathan India for Brandon Larson. Is that unfair? No, I think that's about exactly. It's kind of pointless, <laughs> but I think that's exactly right. Yeah. Suarez, Winker, and Senzel. You've already uh, commented on Senzel, but uh, are you willing to, to deal Suarez or Winker for Lindor? I don't what? want to. I don't want to, um, but I could, I, I guess, I don't know. It's only one more year. Of, yeah, one of, year uh, Lindor. I don't, think I, I don't think I trade 
those guys. Maybe Winker. I don't know. I could maybe squint and say Winker. Sinzel, I'm, I'm going to agree with you that I could. I don't want to, but that's more reasonable than the others. I'm not sure I can give up Suarez or Winker for one year of Lindor. If I, if I was guaranteed we're going to be able to sign him for four more years, then I'd trade either one of them. Um, let's trade Nicola Dolo and Curtis Goodwin for Francisco Lindor. That's my idea. What do you think, Jim Bowden? Sold. There you go. Chuck Nichols, final question here. What is your most favorite restaurant in Cincinnati? Looking for suggestions for my next trip back there. Favorite restaurant in Cincinnati. Um, you know, this is a tough question because neither Chris or or nor I are uh, Cincinnati locals, although we have spent much time in Cincinnati. You have a favorite restaurant, Chris? Oh gosh, I don't. Yeah, I don't really eat down there. I go to the ballpark and uh, the Great American the, Ballpark. Uh, That's probably the answer. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, you can't go wrong with Jeff Ruby. Jeff Ruby's fantastic. You know what I like? Uh, if, if you like the chili, and most Cincinnati uh, Cincinnatians like the chili, Camp Washington chili. I've never had a bad uh, experience there. I don't know if you've ever been there, Chris. I don't know where Camp Washington is. Oh, it's good. It's good. Um, it's uh, it's it's camp. Some hipster told me about it. Um. You know, I like Montgomery Inn. I don't know if that's a cliche or not, but I do like Montgomery Inn. I like that's true. You can't go wrong there either. I like the barbecue um, and Skyline. Everybody likes Skyline, but um, I don't know. <laughs> Rock Bottom Brewery. There you go. Rock Bottom Brewery on Fountain Square. That's that's my most Applebee's esque restaurant in Cincinnati. All right, Chris. Uh, I think we need to stick a pin in this one. What do you think? I'm ready to pin it. <laughs> Excellent. Call uh, lid. <laughs> I'm calling a lid. Oh, there's a little political comment there. Uh, some of you may get. All right, this is uh, Chad Dotson. He's Chris Garber. Thank you all so much for listening. Uh, we, you can know where to subscribe if you want. I don't know. It's late, and I'm just um, I'm stopping it. So, Chris, thank you so much, buddy. You're welcome. For Chris Garber and Jeff Ruby, this is Chad Dotson saying so long, everyone. Thanks for listening to Red Leg Nation Radio from RedLegNation.com. Subscribe to Red Leg Nation Radio on iTunes or through your favorite podcast app. And join us for discussion of all things Reds at RedLegNation.com. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. For the ones who get it done, the most important part is the one you need now. And the best partner is the one who can deliver. That's why millions of maintenance and repair pros trust Granger Because we have professional-grade supplies for every industry, even hard-to-find products. And we have same-day pickup and next-day delivery on most orders. But most importantly, we have an unwavering commitment to help keep you up and running. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.